It's the Bumblecast. I'm your host, Ian Flynn, the Bumble King, and joining me as always is my Bumble co-host, Kyle, JCRB Kraus. Yep, that's right. It's me. I'm here. You're probably wondering how I got here. Oh, wait, you're not? Well, that's okay. How are you doing, Ian? I feel like I'm sorely missing out on a record scratch sound effect. (laughs) I mean, I could add one in in the edit if you want. Excellent. And now for the rest of the episode, we have just random record scratches. No, I love it. No, no, no. That that probably would not go too well. I think people would get highly annoyed by that. Uh, I see. Okay, you're not editing this episode. Rye, you're on deck. Anyway. <laughs> today we're answering questions from our patrons over at patreon.com slash bumblecast, ko-fi.com slash bumblecast, and our YouTube members record scratch. All right. <laughs> With that record scratch, let's begin. This one comes from Andrew D. Why do you think people think Silver is the son of any of the modern cast if he's from 200 years in the future? Is it exclusively the Dragon Ball Z parallels, or is it that Silver would have inherited Shadow's ability to live long? It would make much more sense to me if Silver was a grandson or great-grandson to anyone in the modern cast, which would mean he could inherit more than just traits from two characters, even if Shadow got with someone like a descendant of Sonic and Amy. Do we even know Silver's age, anyway? I imagine the correlation comes in part from the DBZ parallels, and in part because the 200-year thing isn't really broadcast a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, super fans like us, we know it, but the general populace, they just kind of know that he's from the future, if they know that much. So I think it's just that, more or less. Uh, he was... 14 i think before the hard numbers got erased but he's a young teen sure we'll go with that i believe you ian here's a question from ann tales doomsday scenario tales treats cosmo to some mint candy but the taste makes her want to vomit does this spell doom for their relationship or are they able to overcome this hurdle what toothpaste flavor must they compromise on you're assuming cosmo has teeth (laughs) I mean, she is a plant, I guess. Veggie dentata. What a terrible phrase. <laughs> oh, no. Veggie dentata allows her to graze. Wait, is that like cannibalism? It could be. I don't let's not let's not dwell on this too much, Ian. This is not no, something no, no, no. you this isn't something you're supposed to think about. <laughs> not supposed to but it happens anyway I, I, well yeah that's true and now you're thinking about it too <laughs> um i tails being so young might be very disappointed that his bow or bouquet in this case uh doesn't like what he likes but that's part of growing up and maturing is realizing that we have our different tastes and not Everything has to align for a relationship to work, in which case he can have his mint toothpaste, which he really needs to stop eating like cheese whiz. <laughs> and, you know, she can have, I don't know, fizzy miracle grow, whatever it is they use for mouth washing. Tails, stop eating the toothpaste. <laughs> Tails, stop licking the wall. <laughs> This wall tastes like dirt. (laughs) All right. We got a question here from Chaos Sonic 1. What knowing smiles that basically turned out what you did not expect? I 
nothing that I can immediately think of. I think there were a few that were promotions for my personal stuff. And the reaction was, oh, we thought that was a Sonic. What trash is this? And well, it's like, oh, thanks. That it was expected, though, honestly. <laughs> Sucks. I, I, I kind of hope people like me for me enjoy my success, but uh, I learned my lesson. I'm sorry, Ian. I'm sorry. It's okay. We, we we love you at least for you and not for your Sonic. Don't lie to me, Kyle. We know what the foundation of the Bumble cult is built on. Well, we know what the foundation of the Bumble cast is built on for that matter. Ah, okay. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. People in the chat are like, I like other things you've done. Thank you. And they're like, and I'm like, yeah, name one thing Ian's done that's not Sonic. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody's saying Mega Band. Okay, fine. <laughs> that almost feels like it's cheating. Oh, someone said New Crusaders. Wow. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, there you go. I'm pretty sure a new one's going to get announced this year, I think. Are you allowed to say that? <laughs> it's probably the most I can say. Okay, well, I mean, hey, that's an interesting thing. That's good. I'll take it. I'm down. I'm ready. All right, here's one from Dawson the Doctioned. After watching Attack of the Clones, Eggman decides he's sick of robots and wants his own clone army. Luckily, he knows the perfect template. Whisper. Soon, Sonic and company face an army of wolf troopers, conditioned with Whisper skills, loyalty to Eggman, and training in egg whispers that force Wisps to act. How do the gang handle canine copies, and how does Whisper react when she sees her own face staring back at her a thousand times? This feels fan I don't idea like this when, e, but I don't, yeah, yeah, go ahead. I don't like this rendition of a thousand one Dalmatians. <laughs> a thousand and one Dalmatians? Man, that's a lot of Dalmatians, dude. Well, yeah, you can't have an army of like a hundred and one. That's like a platoon. <laughs> you need at least a thousand. It's a, it's a, platoon, a platoon is less than a hundred people, isn't it? I don't know. You expect me to know any kind of real world military stuff? I mean, you've had to look this stuff up when you're writing some of this stuff, right? No. Oh. Eggman's army is pure bonkers, and we haven't seen much of guns detail. I can go full fantasy couch potato with my theory crafting. Oh, anyway. well, well, I'm looking it up here, and a platoon is 20 to 50 soldiers. Oh, it's that small. So there you go. There you go. I did it. I know how to use Google. Good for me. Anyway. Yeah, General Pongo and Admiral Perdita have a whole bunch of platoons that they can deploy. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Ian, answer the question. Yeah, yeah, I suppose. Uh, horror and disgust across the board. <laughs> this feels fan ID. I, I suppose it would be, but Eggman doesn't work with clones, like genetic clones. That just isn't his forte. That's not even something that I think we could do, really. So I'm not as squeamish about this particular one. Maybe, maybe, yeah, well, I mean, he watched the movie. Maybe it's like, maybe it's Boom Eggman who did it, because... I think only Boom Eggman watches movies. Yeah, Boom Eggman definitely has opinions on the Disney Renaissance and animation history. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> he definitely has opinions on Disney's treatment of Star Wars. <laughs> definitely. And he posts about them online constantly. 
I imagine that the crew would have a difficult time fighting the wolf troopers just because, you know, they know it's not Whisper, but it's kind of hard to punch a face that you're familiar with. Yeah, uh, I suppose. Tails would, Tails would figure out some kind of doodad to overload the egg wispons and free all the wisps. That'll and, be good. Uh, oh, you've traumatized I, Tangle. Yeah, maybe. Let her wear that hat for a little while. <laughs> Ah, and then, you she'll know, be fine. She'll get over it. 10, 15 years down the road, we can you know rip off Bad Batch with a bunch of independently characterized Whisper clones. Hey, we, we can milk this. Sure, why not? Make it work, Ian. Do it. Drive it into the ground. Yeah, might as well. <laughs> There's money to be made. DDR Master M has a question. For my second question ever on the Bumblecast, I asked about Sonic and Tangle. I threw Silver and Tangle into my mini at Pedantic Cat suggestion. Now to complete my body swap trilogy with Tangle, it's time to ask Tangle and Amy. What? Who did you think I was talking about? Oh, no, it's a perfectly valid option, and they would have just the best of this time. Like, Amy is finding new ways to fling and swing around, and she's like, oh my goodness, I understand now why you just don't stop, because this is just too much fun. I get it. And Tangle is just off in the corner giggling to herself. Hammer is here. Hammer is not. Hammer is here. Hammer is not. Hammer is here. Hammer is not. Where does it go? I don't even know, but it's too much fun. Hammer is here. Hammer is not. Hammer is here. Hammer is not. <laughs> it's constant. Oh, no, Hammer. Oh, no, Hammer. Oh, no, Hammer. Don't. Oh, terrifying. I don't know if I want Tangle to have a hammer. I don't, th- I don't know if she should have a giant hammer. Oh, she has a giant hammer. Uh... It has a mighty swing. She has a mighty hammer and it does a hammer thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I yeah. It's the ban hammer. <laughs> ban you from life. Here's one from Does It Come in Blueberry? Because your pitch for Cosmo and IDW was turned down, do you think it will ever be possible to make a Metarex adaptation? Now this is another case of internet telephone twisting what I said. I, I think- never said I pitched the Cosmo or Metarex adaptation. I never got that chance. It was different circumstances that the general topic of Sonic X and its material came up. And as I've already said, as far as I'm aware, it's not available to be used. All right. Here's a question from Domino. What guns could Shadow realistically use and what guns would he prefer using? I always found it ridiculous he could wield a minigun with one hand, mind you. Well, I mean, have you seen his hand? It's gigantic. I mean, I know. (laughs) How does he even fit? Finger around the trigger. <laughs> How does gun? <laughs> <laughs> but he's also, you know, incredibly strong. So I guess he's just the perfect life form and therefore can automatically dampen recoil single handedly. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I mean, he throws buses and other giant items around. So whatever. It's fine. But uh, I don't know if he has like an actual preference. I think it's whatever gets the job done at the time. Uh, maybe it's kind of conflating gameplay with characterization in a way that isn't intended, but the way that you could just like drop and cycle through weapons willy-nilly is kind of like he doesn't really have an affinity for it. It's like, here, he has this. He's going to use it now, and it's broken or used up, and he's going to move on to the next thing. It's it's not really a conscious choice so much as it's this is the tool to get the job done. Yeah, yeah. The question is, why does he need a gun? Uh, I mean, he doesn't need a gun, but it's it's cool. It's like Sonic having a sword. Why? He doesn't need a sword, but it was cool. So I think that's all that really matters, as long as it's cool. 
And there's one from Endepend. So seeing as the original Diamond Cutters were all inspired by the Foxhound members in Metal Gear Solid, I gotta ask, did you ever consider a liquid snake stand-in amongst them? No, because for there to be a liquid snake, we need a solid snake, and we don't have a solid snake. Um, no, only a solid wolf. <laughs> no, she's Sniper Wolf. Sniper Wolf, I know. Technically, yes. So, I the inspiration was fun, but I didn't want to go too far with it. You know, it's it's one thing to do a loving little homage that's kind of done in one. And then it's another thing to make an entire character based off of some other franchise that I feel like that's a bridge too far. Maybe we towed the line with the diamond cutters as they were, but I feel like it's okay since they were meant to be disposable. Whisper stands on her own as her own character. And if you get the joke, haha, that's just an extra scoop of ice cream on the Sunday. That is this painful analogy that isn't going anywhere. <laughs> Here's a question from Finest Cacophony. Prime spoilers, maybe. Now, Bumble Bros, ain't it funny how Shadow carried the stories for both 06 and Prime on his back, only for both stories to be wiped from existence? No wonder the guy's so bitter. He had his dub stolen twice by paracausal means. Is he aware of that because of all the chaos control stuff? Does he know? I don't know. I don't know what Shadow knows, and I don't know if he cares. they're no small hedgehogs just small parts small parts wow how many how many parts are you making that hedgehog shadow now the expression there's no small act wait no i screwed up the line it's no small roles just small actors oh so i've driven that analogy right into the wall oh 60 miles per hour that was atrocious oh (laughs) wow i am really off my game today Let's keep rolling. There are no small rolls, only small hedgehogs, I guess. I don't know. Just but even it. then, if they curled in a ball, it would be a small roll anyway. So, hmm. Mm, especially after the shrink ray in uh, Sonic CD. Very true. Very true. <laughs> Here's one from FMS Draws. I don't imagine Dr. Light takes any offers on Mega Man slash Light Number merchandising, does he? Do you think people make bootleg merch? Because I can imagine Light having a slight heart attack seeing kids running around with proto-man helmets. <laughs> now, Dr. Light did want to proliferate robots with amongst humanity. And one of the easiest ways to do that is to make them a household name. You know, a, something that the general populace is comfortable with. So to a degree, I can imagine him being all right with some merchandising. But I think it would be limited to the, well, what he would want it to be limited to is the light numbers themselves, because they were supposed to be used with industrial application. They were supposed to go out and do things in the world. And so branding that and selling that, look at what you know these robot masters can do to be good for you and your community and your lives. That's fine. I think he wouldn't want to merchandise his children. <laughs> but after all the heroism that Mega Man does, it's kind of hard to not. So for the benefit of, again, the greater vision of finding a place for robotics in humanity, he would kind of agree to it begrudgingly. All right, you can have Mega Man t-shirts and you know maybe an E-Tank mug, but... Yeah, okay, Mega Man can show up to do a signing at this, you know, action figure giveaway or something, but let's try to 
not go there and let <laughs> Rock have his own life as a child, please. Yeah, but he could get his own Saturday morning cartoon, Ian. <laughs> uh, be careful what you wish for, you know. <laughs> Here's a question from Geo Knuckles. How would you write Sonic Rivals 3? I mean, I don't think the formula really needs much fixing. You know, come up with a reason for the characters to be at odds to some degree or another and make excuse plots for them to race fight. Fight race. Fight Battle race. and chase, as we're talking about. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, yeah. As for what the plot could be, we could go just about any direction, to be perfectly honest. It's just it would need what what is the main antagonistic force and how can it be presented in different ways that would cause the characters to choose antagonistic paths. Uh, I kind of liked how Sonic Rivals 2 did things where you had, you know, pairs of characters with their objectives. And so they had their own personal goals and that ran into friction with the other pairings. If we want to, you know, let's keep with the threes. So now we have the teams. You got your team Sonic, your team Rose, your team Dark, everybody. Everybody's supersonic raising rival <laughs> Everybody supersonic rivals. <laughs> Super sonic and rivals. Each one has their own personal plot through it, and there's some contrived reason why they're fighting each other every now and again. And there you go. I mean it's keep it simple. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds good. And just for a fun throwback, put it on the PSP again. Ooh. <laughs> and only on the PSP. <laughs> And I, I feel like you may think, oh, well, that's just a cop out. But I feel like with Rivals, that it has a very distinctive gameplay. Yeah. Like it, it's known for like one thing, and that needs to inform the narrative. So you just need a reason for why these teams are being snippy with each other. Yeah. That's a Sonic Heroes excuse plot. Yeah, more or less. Yeah. <laughs> Here's one from Gideon W. With Groundhog Day approaching, allegedly, in some cultures, a hedgehog is used to divine the weather instead of a groundhog. How would a character of your choice handle it being an annual near-international event to monitor their entire morning from before waking up to brunch? And now with the weather, we go over to Shadow. Shadow, what is the forecast? It's gonna rain. Thank you, Shadow. And now coming out of the Green Hill Bro, it is the weather forecasting hedgehog. Sonic, did you see your shadow? Yeah, he's right over there. Hey, buddy. Yeah, there he is. <laughs> he's not my shadow. Six more weeks he's of winter. Shadow, but... We're going to get six more weeks of winter, buddy. Winter is coming. Why do you got to be so dramatic? Yeah, all right, there you go. <laughs> uh, Sonato Cannon? Amy's just like schlepping out to her front porch to get the paper. She hasn't done any of her morning routine. <laughs> Mug of coffee just barely upright in her hand. All the flash bulbs go off. Miss Rose, Miss Rose, what is the weather going to be? What is the weather going to be? She just kind of glares and gets her paper and goes back inside. <laughs> uh, uh, meanwhile, Silver actually knows. <laughs> <laughs> I know exactly what the weather is going to be. <laughs> Silver's just happy because from where he's from, the forecast is fire with a slight chance of burning. <laughs> it's true. It's true. There's one from Hearts 13. 
Archie, Sonic, and Lego Dimensions. Imagine an alternate reality where characters from the post-Super Genesis wave Archie, Sonic comics were used in the video game Lego Dimensions. What characters do you think would appear, and would they be NPCs in the Sonic world, or be playable characters? How would it affect the story of Sonic's story pack? I just imagine Eclipse is threatening to rebuild the world, and it turns out he's, just, he's literally rebuilding it. He's just stealing Legos from their world to rebuild it on his side. <laughs> well, how convenient. They managed to save the world by just making the two worlds collide to each other, and they just snap together, and boop. He, they undid all that he undid. Oh, of course, the Archie Sonic would have a Worlds Collide event. <laughs> I see what you've done there. Would it be too dark to have Cassie and Clove like actually replace her eyes? Because you don't really do that. The, the the little figurines have like static mold heads. They yeah they they don't yeah they they don't usually work that way. <laughs> You have the Maropas crew come out of the ocean, and then everyone else starts to dive in, and they just smack straight into the solid ocean blocks. They could replace their whole head. Somehow that's worse, <laughs> but also funnier. But also, yeah. I mean, yeah, 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 yeah. And here's a question from JCR1216. Tangle and Sonic retrieve a magic orb, but the orb makes Tangle fall for SBO and Sonic for Jewel. What are the cast's reactions, and how does this go? Generally wholesome and supportive. A little surprised because they've never really shown any sort of affinity or much interaction with either one before. But, you know, people change and grow. I mean, Tangle's going to be perfectly fine with Sonic and Jewel. Yeah. She knows that he's a stand-up guy. Great, Jewel, you have the coolest boyfriend ever. I, I didn't commit to anything. You will have the coolest boyfriend ever, trust me. <laughs> I don't know why it has to be a magic orb that makes this happen, though. I mean... Eh, whatever. We need a contrive. We need a contrivance. Tangle and Espio. Yeah. I mean, now I'm imagining like a full-on Shinobi Tangle, but she's using her tail as like the Shinobi scarf. That's pretty cool. <laughs> Not gonna lie, like that should be one of the costumes for uh, the mobile games. And she like shows up in a smoke grenade and scares everybody. It's like Espio, I challenge you to a date. This feels like I don't understand, but this really works for me. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I get it. <laughs> Meanwhile, Vector's just picking up the phone. Say vanilla, uh, you into new jitsu? We can take some classes. Just say no. Okay, fine. <laughs> Apparently, she's more into Krog Maga. <laughs> oh, oh, hmm. Mm, I can't. I can't say these things that I'm having in my head now. Nope. Nope. nope I cannot. End, end it there. <laughs> Not end allowed. It there. Not allowed to say them. We're, we're done with the question. We're rolling on. <laughs> I cannot make any jokes about. Uh, no, I can't. <laughs> I can't do it. I will stop. I will stop. All right, Johnny Hero two two nine five has a question. Congratulations, Mr. Flynn. Sega has decided Sonic's getting another comic crossover and you're writing. Who is he crossing over with? Crash Bandicoot. How does it go? I feel like we touched on this last year. We have done a we've done a Sonic and Crash crossover question before, but that's okay. Yeah. So head back over to the Q&A master list to see me fumble through that one again. But 
I imagine it would work well enough. They seem to be equally fun-loving, adventurous characters. I would need to do some serious research on you know the Crash lore to see what the best parallels and pairings would be. But you have your nefarious evil doctors team up. You've got your smart techie sidekicks doing tech smart thingies. And you got the two spinning heroes spinning and being heroic. Yeah, yeah. Tails and Coco is like, I think they're like OTP. (laughs) I would think it'd be great, actually. I like that. So Crash don't say much, but, you know, he's got spirit. And Sonic speaks a lot. It speaks enough for most folks. So, you know, it he fits. can fill in the gaps. It fits. Yeah, it works. <laughs> and we got a question from Morlis. It's a disaster. During one of his many world takeover schemes, Eggman, intentionally or not, injures Santa. Because it was his fault, Eggman is forced under pain of hammer to carry out Santa's duties in his stead. The question is, would Eggman try to pull something or would his pride get in the way of that? I mean, no way he'd do worse at handing out presents to the world than someone that, that doesn't have a robot army, right? Just imagine this gag where he's got nothing but, you know, <laughs> robot reindeer. And instead of on Dasher, on Dancer, he's going down a checklist. Dasher, on. Dancer, on. Prancer, <laughs> on. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's a stupid joke, but I would totally go for it. <laughs> I mean, Ian, <laughs> of course you would go for the stupid joke. This is you we're talking about here. I say that with all love in the world. And I mean, I'm, 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 I mean, I'm here for it. I'd also go for the stupid joke. I think he would be a little confounded with the logistics of it, but that would only make him want to do the job better. Yeah. Because he's a genius. He can't be upstaged by someone who, you know, still uses manual labor, volunteer manual labor to construct all this stuff. Ridiculous. Gross. <laughs> but he's also going to ensure that every household gets like their own little Eggman doll that tries to hypnotize you the minute you grab it. You know, he, he's going to deliver all the presents in the world and he's going to conquer the world at the same time. <laughs> it's true. It's true. We got one more question before we take a break, and it's from Mexiger17. Since it's Christmas time, when I'm asking this, no idea for sure if it will be when you get to it. <laughs> Do you think somewhere there exists a photo of a very, very disgruntled and embarrassed shadow sitting in Santa's lap with Maria, who suckered him into it using her sickly big sister guilt trip powers? Yes, and the Santa is absolutely Gerald in a false beard. <laughs> I was going to say, like, I mean, they've already got a Santa almost. Put him in a beard. And what do you want, little boy? Don't patronize me, old man. (laughs) But really, Shadow, what do you want? I mean, you're hard to shop for. I don't don't know (laughs) what you like. Tell me, Santa, where's the chimney on the ark? (laughs) Well, that's enough time for today. Scoot along now. (laughs) Shadow only needs coffee beans or bullets. All right, let's take a break. And we'll be back with more Bumblecast. Will we, though? Will we? And we're back, I told you so, with more Bumblecast. 
before we get into the regular Q&A, we have a special giveaway. If you follow us over on our Twitter, Tumblr, Blue Sky, Instagram, and Facebook, we cycle through a contest where you can win your own priority question. This week, our question comes from... Twitter! And it's from Mario Sonic Prime 45. That's a, There's a lot going on in that username. <laughs> if Tangle Whisper and Rouge had super forms, what color would they be? Well, it's kind of boring, but probably just kind of a luminous, lighter shade of what they already are. I we're go, The best we have to go by is the classic stuff. And, you know, even if we're going to pretend for a minute that Super Knuckles is canon, he's just kind of like glowy red, pink with an effect on it, if you want to be generous. Lightish red. So <laughs> So they would just be, you know, luminous versions of the cells. It just seems to be the hedgehogs that get the full color change. Well, that's not true. No. Blaze changes. Yeah. But Burning Blaze is technically different, but it really isn't. No. No. Oh, well. I mean, she is on fire. Blaze is. So, I mean, it makes sense. Mm-mm. And let's move on to this question from Normal Person. Does Lanolin have a crippling addiction to eating paper? And if so, how would the rest of the diamond cutters react to such a secret? She doesn't have an addiction. She can stop anytime she wants. <laughs> Jules getting very upset over the copy paper budget. This is getting a little ridiculous. Where does it even go, Tangle? Are you Xeroxing your butt again and just pasting it all <laughs> over the office? And Tangle's like, no. Gosh, a girl does that like one time and you remember it forever. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, it wasn't sneak- my butt. It was handprints with my tail. Oh, <laughs> but it's funnier if it's her butt. <laughs> Meanwhile, she pulls out one random picture and just tapes it like under a desk or something. Is that <laughs> troll smile? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Here's a question from Puppy the Scholar. Hey guys, if Lara Sue was to have an Enerjack form, would it be the same as Janikaz or would it be something completely different? Is Janika that different of a person to Lara Sue? And would Lara Sue cope differently? Who tells Lara Sue to cope? <laughs> <laughs> Spring yard zone? I mean, that's more of a what than a who. But anyway, <laughs> uh, it's like, which Lara Sue? We're talking pre-reboot or post-reboot, which was both pre-reboot. Oh, my God. They were both pre-reboot, Ian. There was no post... Was there post-reboot? There was no post-reboot, Laura Sue, was there? When when King Sonic went back in time, he changed events, which changed the future. So, yeah, that was already kind of a reboot. Okay, that reboot. Okay, that's like a soft reboot. You're not talking like post-reboot, like reboot, reboot. No, 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 no. no. The the, the reboot before the reboot. The the localized reboot. Oh, my God. God, continuities. I'm <laughs> Aren't you Sonic? You're a freaking mess. Go home. You're drunk. <laughs> I would imagine Inner Jack Laura Sue would be the same or at least so similar across the board. It would be a nuancey thing that you don't really care about. It's just how it manifests. Uh, pre-reboot Laura Sue seemed to be ill-equipped to deal with anything. <laughs> so that level of power would not be in good hands. Post reboot Lorisu, I feel like is much more on the ball and it would still be putting a lot of power in someone's hands, which is kind of dangerous anyway. 
but I think she would be more trustworthy with it. She would be kind of on par with Johnny Ka in terms of responsibility, I guess. Maybe. But also more leather, I think, would be involved. Really? Uh, than Janica's version of Enerjack? Yeah, probably. The happy, good timeline universe has more leather than the dystopian one? Oh, is this... Okay, I must be misremembering where this is coming from. I think you're flipping your Laura's from. and your Jannies. I guess so. <laughs> uh, it's been a long time since I've had to think about this again. And even when I was following it, I was still like, yep, I'm just here. <laughs> <laughs> Even when I was actively reading this, when it was actively happening, it's like, yep, this is a thing. (laughs) (laughs) This happened, or did it? I don't even know. (laughs) Rabbit Haver has a question, and it's a question for both of you. With their powers disqualified, who among the Sonic cast do you think you could take in a fight? Saying cream is cheating and also mean. Saying silver is mean but funny, so I'll allow it. I I wouldn't take cream. Are you freaking kidding me? <laughs> cream would like, absolutely destroy us. Like without their powers. Yeah, we're still getting our asses kicked by all of them. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, pretty much. I mean, Knuckles is still a trained fighter. Yeah, he still knows how to hit people. They're all trained fighters. Yeah. <laughs> Well, except no, not, silver, no. except maybe silver, I guess. Sonic's not trained; he's just naturally gifted. Oh, yeah, whatever. Tails will find a way to MacGyver you to death before you can blink. Yeah, no, we are all a hundred percent screwed. Yeah, and Silver managed to survive the apocalypse. He knows how to fight dirty. <laughs> yeah, he bites. <laughs> he he will chew on you. People are bringing up Eggman. Uh... <laughs> No, <laughs> it'd still kill us. The dude's got reach. Are you kidding me? Yeah, yeah. And just because he has natural raw strength doesn't mean that's a superpower. That just means he's going to body us anyway. Yeah, pretty much. Especially Boom Eggman. I mean, I don't know about Orbot and Cubot. I don't. I don't know. You think you could take Orbot and Cubot? <laughs> I mean, how heavy are they? Uh, they're robots, so I assume they're pretty dense. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, we know Cubot is very dense, but... <laughs> I, I don't know if we could compact them and shot, put them into a lake, maybe, but they can hover. So, no, we're, we're, we're just having a bad time, no matter what. I don't know. Y- you know, Starline, without any sort of powers, without any of his abilities... Maybe he still has his gadgets, and gadgets don't count as abilities. No, don't don't let him have his stuff. If it were just hand to hand, mano y mano, mano y mano dream. <laughs> <laughs> now nah, he'd probably still kick our ass. <laughs> uh, you just have to okay, tri- may- maybe, gotta- maybe maybe we could take Starline, but he's still gonna like rip an ear off or something he's yeah gonna, he's gonna do he's gonna be mean he's it's like he's gonna be he, he's got poison barbs in his feet because that's not a superpower that's just a inherent thing so yeah never mind forget that <laughs> i wouldn't want to be near him <laughs> i'm being told starline is just some guy from like mit you could beat his ass 
Yeah, well, so was Gordon Freeman. We saw how that went. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> Gordon Freeman. Hypno club when I have a crowbar. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> uh, maybe, maybe if we're talking no powers or whatnot, we could take out Infinite. By just uh, using emotional damage. Well, yeah, yeah. Infinite, I guess, would be kind of easy. You're uh, weak. Thump, he's down. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, I'm being asked, Jet? No, Jet has, like, pe- eye-pecking powers. <laughs> Jet would fight dirty, too. Yeah, he absolutely would. He would kick you in the nards first thing and then keep kicking. No, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, maybe you get away with a fistful of feathers, but we're losing this fight. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and the same with Marine. She she would she she bites too. <laughs> she's got limbs going in every direction. You don't know where you're trying to hit, but she's hitting you. <laughs> okay, okay. Hmm. Barry from Murder of Sonic. Hmm. <laughs> could we take Barry? I don't know if we could take Barry. He seems Such a like a nice guy. He seems like a pretty shrewd fella. I don't think he'd he figure tries. something out. I don't want to fight Barry. He's just a guy, a gender neutral guy. <laughs> no, I don't know. I don't think we could take any of them, but that's okay. We don't need to. I don't want to fight him, but I do want to move on to this next question from Reckons. Spamton. X Amy is canon. The ship name. I'm so sorry, everybody. Oh, you did this. You brought this on yourself. You're the one who brought it up. I know. It's my fault. The ship name? Spammy. Or spammy? I don't know which. Spammy. It's, it's got to be spammy. <laughs> spammy. <laughs> what are the cast reactions to Amy's genuine love for Spamton's insistent new presence? For ease, we'll limit it to people Amy interacts with a lot. Sonic. Tails, Knuckles, Jewel, Tangle, and just for giggles, Toad's not evil, Surge. Sonic is disquieted, because if that's her taste, then why was she after him? What does that say about him? This is kind of rocking his worldview. He doesn't like this comparison. Amy, uh, Tails is creeped out. 100%. It's got to be an Eggman trick. He's going to investigate. This can't be right. Knuckles unsettled, because this this thing is weird it says weird things he doesn't like the weirdness go away get off his island <laughs> jewel wants to be supportive of her friend because you know maybe there's something there that she doesn't see and amy finds the best in everyone she'll be patient and you know open to it as best <laughs> she can will she though she'll try okay tangle just tries to out spamton spamton <laughs> she can't but she tries yeah yeah it's hard to he he's a hard act to keep up with which is surprising for her she's like i i don't understand how how can i not keep up with this i can keep up with anybody and surge oh she's a hundred percent for it <laughs> she's on board she will in- she will endorse it she'll plan the wedding and invite everybody send out videos of it she wants everyone to know, everyone to feel this one. <laughs> Best decision you ever made in your life, Ames. Go, girl. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Terrifying. Toxic positivity. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Oh, no. All right, we got one from Rogers S. I wanted to ask you something involving supersonic cyber from Sonic Frontiers. As most people have pointed out, it had a few striking similarities to Fleetway's version of Supersonic from Sonic the Comic, those being the ring-styled eyes and fangs. I just wanted to ask if that was your way of referencing the demon side of that version of Sonic, since you are known to have referenced a lot of that kind of stuff. This one is a question for Kishimoto-san, because I had no idea what Cyber Supersonic was going to look like or do. All right. Here's one from Samoth's friend, Korra. Would Starline be more of a dog person or a cat person? He seems like the type to enjoy a dog's blind loyalty and eagerness to follow orders, but he also seems like the type to appreciate an independent companion that doesn't need to be constantly ordered around all the time and doesn't need routine walkies. Or maybe he's just a fan of his guinea pigs. <laughs> uh yeah he enjoys he would enjoy the loyalty of a dog but not the upkeep not the need for affection or attention Gross. and cat as independently functionable as it is doesn't show the attentiveness or the loyalty fear as an underling i mean pet should be mm-hmm. maybe fish Sure, they don't react too much, but he controls every aspect of their lives and observes them from on high. Yeah, that makes sense. (laughs) He controls their environment, he controls their oxygen intake, he decides when and if they get food. Oh, he just spends too much time experimenting with them and evil cackling about his fish tank. (laughs) To be fair, though, like, all the decorations and stuff of the tank are pretty sweet. Like he goes full train hobbyist like, level. Oh, I mean, yeah, he's yeah, he's a sick setup he's got, but it's also a sick setup. <laughs> 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 terrible, terrible. Oh well, just as long as Sea Man doesn't show up in there in his tank, we're good. <laughs> I don't know who'd be more insufferable. I think both of them combined would be the most insufferable. Dr. Styline, you're a terrible person. (laughs) Do you believe in love? One day I will grow legs and leave this enclosure. And and he's true. He will. (laughs) God, that's such a weird game. Scourge Time has a question. With the new design Dragonfire Sonic for Sonic in Forces and Dash, what would a cool design be for Scourge? I'd say make, keep the parallels. Very similar design, maybe something a little more aggressive. Uh, we'd have to change the red, because the red and green is going to make him look too Christmassy. <laughs> but that's funny, but though. It's, but it's a dragony, so we want to keep something warm and kind of fiery colored. So I guess orange, but... Now he's Bumblecast colors, and I don't know if I'm comfortable with that. (laughs) Uh, I mean, at this point, I guess we might as well just embrace it. We are a scourge on everything. Do. Scurvy Pirate Dog has a question. If Sega told you to write a follow-up to Sonic Prime, one where we see the return of the Prime characters, Nine, Chaos Council, etc., and have them properly interact with the modern Sonic cast, basically a sort of crossover between Prime and IDW, if you will, how would you go about it? Team up between Eggman and the Council? Something else? How would you do it? Hard to say. Depends on whatever restrictions or guidelines I would have to be working within. Something that might be interesting is to take, like, the principal character 
the principal duplicates. So Rusty Rose, the Knuckles, the Dread Nine, and explore them juxtaposed with their prime counterparts. So you know Knuckles, who is dutiful and you know solo and very honorable in his ways, versus a captain who has had a lot of trouble being responsible, who is rather gregarious, let's be honest, <laughs> and is fixated on jewels and treasure. You know, how do they interact? Uh, Rusty, who gradually grew to have more of a caring personality versus Amy, who is nothing but love and support for others. You know, does Rusty see that as something that she wants to aspire to, or does she feel like that's a bridge too far? Amy needs to rein it back. <laughs> the most fascinating uh, investigation would be nine and tails, you know, nine finally coming face to face with the figure that he was compared to for so long and to have to confront tails as the mythic figure kind of, mm-hmm. and who he really is and come to grips with what that means for himself and you know where he is in his own headspace. and tails for his part would I believe feel a little intimidated that he has to live up to this standard that nine is set up in his head. You know, Sonic thought the world of you. And this was like, really? I- I've been put on a pedestal me. Gosh, now I have to like maintain that. Uh Oh, <laughs> and also, you know, this is what would have happened to me if there wasn't a Sonic in my life. What does that say about my personal strength? If that's all it takes to cause me to go down the dark path. That might be interesting to look into. Yeah. Fascinating. All right. Spoiler 1001 has a question. If Antirobotnik is Kintabor, would Scourge's legal name also be flipped? Like El, like Elvligo Ekirum the Hedgehog or something? Please no. I don't I can't say it, Ian. I can't say it. <laughs> Physically, I'm unable to say it. <laughs> I have Lego Ekiruam. Ekiruam. Ekiruga. Ekiruga. No. Put them away. Don't go all out. No. Please, no. Please, no. Because that makes Sally Yalas. No. No, it doesn't. Mixer Alicia. And Rotor would be Rotor. Wait. No. Hold on. Wait, you're right. Oh, crap. Maybe it's Boomer. Would you remove? <laughs> I don't think so. I can't take Einub very seriously. No, no, no. And how do you even say Antoine backwards? Is this the You just say Antoine backwards. <laughs> <laughs> Fine. We'll go with that. <laughs> uh... Steph Cube has a question. I get the impression that Tangle suffers from claustrophobia, which makes me wonder, how would she have reacted if she had also been locked in cyberspace like Tails, Knuckles, and Amy in Sonic Frontiers? If she, if she were locked in one of the capsules and then unable to touch anything in her ghost form, would she become friends with the Cocos too? Would she also have deep reflections on herself like the others? Cyberspace itself, before manifesting in the real world, would be something awful. Being within the cyber cage, she definitely would have issues 
I don't think it's like full blown meltdown claustrophobia, but she does not handle confined spaces. Well, it's more the loss of the freedom that kind of gets to her mm-hmm. once she's like a cyber ghost, more frustrating that she can't fully interact with the world, but she would take that a little more in stride. I would imagine. And I feel like we've addressed this question similarly, at least last year where I don't necessarily see her having a personal epiphany like the others, but more that she is the reassuring for Sonic needs. Like she is the one saying you're doing the right thing. You know, there was no way that you knew flying towards these islands was going to cause this kind of trouble. And I have full faith in your abilities and your commitment to get us out. You know, don't hesitate. Don't overanalyze this. Cause that's not what you do. Go out there and fix it and fix it fast. <laughs> and then you can go have an adventure. Cause this island looks really cool. Yes. Yes. Fix it. Ian, fix it. Oh wait, no talking about Sonic. Fix it, Sonic. Fix it. All right. Here's one from some blister 16. He won a recent poll for Sonic Channel art, so I'm asking about the one and only Sonic Man. How would you go about adapting him as a mainstay character for IDW and or the movies? Sonic Man is genius and must be used <laughs> in small doses. I was going to say, he, he needs to be like, you keep him for special occasions, you know? Yeah. When Sonic Man shows up, you want to go, oh, cool, he's back. Not, there he is again. <laughs> yeah Sonic Man's kind of in his own little world he's got his own very unique world view and it's palatable and charming because it's authentic he believes the hype he is the hype and he may not necessarily be able to live up, live up to it compared to someone like actual Sonic but that just drives him to be more Sonic Manny. <laughs> oh, you know I imagine he is one of those like real world street level superheroes that helps kids cross the sidewalk and observes things going on and reports them. But he tries. He's a good community service guy. That works. I suppose that fits. And by extension, you know, in the movies, it's he learns about Sonic and just becomes the biggest fanboy and wants to be like Sonic. Ergo, Sonic Man. There you go. (laughs) Perfect. Tetsuya the Wise has a question. I remember you saying you had a lot of problems with Tears Tears of the Kingdom's story. Now, I won't say it's one of the best narratives in gaming, or even in Zelda for that matter, but what were your major problems with it? I personally don't think it was much more egregious than Breath of the Wild's narrative, but feel free to rant. (sighs) I try to be succinct. Okay. (laughs) Sure. Settle in, folks. This is my opinion. No, let's establish that first. And this is also biased very much in that Breath of the Wild was one of those transcendent game experiences for me. It is set a super high bar. So I cannot judge it dispassionately or I cannot be a fair arbitrator here. Breath of the Wild was genius. And what was so excellent about its story was its minimalism. We got just a little bit here and there that we really wanted to know more. And what we saw of the past champions showed us the rapport that they had and the different personalities and how very different they were, but they were still coming together for a common cause. They all believed in Zelda as a person and wanted to support her. 
the bond between Zelda and Link was one of both of them kind of thrust into these roles that they didn't feel like they were 100% ready for or qualified for. And coming to that understanding together, they were able to support each other and confide in each other and build a friendship and trust that you don't really see in other Zelda titles. No. Yeah. And the stuff that you get lost, the stuff that has been lost over the past hundred years gives this sense of melancholy. You can never get the full story because the world ended. Evil won. It's the post-apocalypse, but it's not the one where there's still zombies running around and you can still find buildings. Nature has reclaimed most of this. Civilization just lives in pockets and they kind of remember there used to be a kingdom, but it's fallen apart. And you explore what used to be and kind of piece together what could have been. You kind of make it make sense. But part of that beautiful sadness is that it's gone and you're living the next life. The world has moved on and you're trying to figure out how to pick up and carry on while resolving what you can, what lingering issues there may be. It's very poignant. The final boss sucked, but everything else was just gorgeous. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And there was a certain kind of horror about the Blythes because the champions went off to do battle, do the thing that they're supposed to do, and they lost. Like, they straight up died, and you have to beat these mini-bosses to free their spirits. That's terrifying. Yeah. So the whole thing was just exquisite. Loved it. And so Tears of the Kingdom has to be a sequel to that, and that, I feel like, is already kind of shooting itself in the foot because we've moved on. We've had the closure. It's time for the next chapter in their lives. That's the whole point of Breath of the Wild is the world has moved on, and you're just tying up the last loose ends. You're putting the dead to rest. It's time for the next chapter in their lives, and instead we get a really sloppy retcon, a less than satisfying stable time loop, which I'm not 100% sure really works. But worst of all, the extended story is just puddle shallow. None of the previous sages have any characterization. They have masks and they stand there. There is no rapport. There is nothing interesting about them. And as you awaken the first four, you get the exact same story beat every time. Mm -hmm. It is insultingly bad at how much they waste your time with this. There is no new revelation. There is nothing built. And it could be handled very easily. Like You don't necessarily have to play in a certain order. You just make sure that this particular cutscene, this particular bit of narrative is unlocked if the previous flag has been triggered. So if you do this sage first, you play, whatever sage you play first unlocks scene one. And when you unlock a second sage, it says, okay, sage two is checked. Now play scene two. The story that you're given through the geoglyphs, lots of interesting tidbits here and there, but you can find them completely out of order and well before you've advanced any of the story, So you can spoil yourself hardcore just because you happen to wander in one general direction. The best solution I can come for that is the scenes unlock in a set order. So you find one geoglyph, you unlock scene one. I know the geoglyphs were supposed to be representative of particular scenes, but that right, if you know the game is built 
for free exploration. You cannot tether a linear story progression to it. It just, and for me, a lot of the mystery about the, uh, oh shoot, where the, what were the dragon people called? Rauru and all them. Mm-hmm. It didn't feel like, oh, we've lost this to time. It's, oh, we're just not giving you the story. It's vague. It, it doesn't quite fit together. And it doesn't feel like it's because it's this grand mystery that has been stretched out over the eons. It's just, eh, we couldn't tell it properly. And Matt Mercer was wasted on Ganondorf. <laughs> Yeah, but, you know, for the few lines we had of him, you know, it was worth it. The presentation, great. Yeah, Sure. I mean, I was freaking out because when that one scene where he's talking to Rauru and you know, feigning to pledge allegiance, and then as he <laughs> walks away, you just hear the thunderous footsteps as this mountain of meat walks away. It's like, ah, oh, yeah, that's presence. But, yeah, again, I'm... And this is kind of unfair, but I'm spoiled by Wind Waker's Ganondorf. We were given just a little bit of motivation beyond I'm evil. Yar, har, har. <laughs> you know, a, a desire to have a world that is rich and abundant and welcoming of life rather than what he grew up in with the Gerudo Desert, where everything is sparse and deadly and harsh. You know, he had that that small crumb of relatable motivation was exquisite. And in this, it's just kind of, he wants power for power's sake, which is, it's a fine enough motivation. I mean, we see enough people who these days who are likewise that big of a jerk, but it just feels kind of blah. And we have mentions of him conquering various Gerudo tribes into his army. That sounded so cool. We Mm -hmm. get a throwaway line about it. You know, why does he want this power? What is it about the acquisition of power that means something to him? Just explain that. Give us that little crumb to just savor nibble on. Why does he want the power outside of he feels like it's wasted on the other? Zonai, there we go. Mm -hmm. What happened to the Zonai? Is there a reason why they are gone? Does he understand that? Does he have some reason for thinking that the Zonai should be in power or that they failed because of weakness and he's not going to follow in their footsteps. Give me something. Give me anything. I'm being told that some, apparently some stuff was lost in the localization. I don't know how true that is, but it's a possibility. Like there was a great deal of insight on Link's part that was lost in localization for breath of the wild. Yeah. Which I'm a little salty over, but even still, it's I'm not a big fan of tears of the kingdom in general. And the slipshod story is one of the major factors. (laughs) Breath of the wild felt like it was this meticulously crafted experience and breath of the wild felt like, Oh, uh, let's tack on some stuff and push it out the door again. (laughs) Let's tack on Minecraft building. We can do that, right? Sure. We can add Legend that. of Zelda nuts and bolts. Ah, oh, no. Oh. Oh. Oof. Big oof. Well, from what I understand, you just didn't like the building stuff because none of your machines worked. 
No, I mean, this is beside <laughs> the point. That's not, you know, narrative critique is done. Yes. I didn't like the building mechanics. I thought they were incredibly cumbersome. And by the time you built something that functioned, you could have walked there. Well, yeah, but that's not the point. Yes, it is. You got to have the whole point of this giant map that you could explore and climb and find every nook and cranny by your own volition. You already oh, did that boy. in the first game, though. And that's <laughs> the inherent problem is that's all there is to do again. OK, now you can build a tank that drives over the same map again. Huzzah. Oops, the battery ran out cool you better go grind for more resources i mean the, so I can, the battery yeah. running out the, the i mean this is just a problem with this style of zelda game in general running out of resources i think that's stupid with, <laughs> with breath of the wild to me the you know the running out of resources the weapons that degrade over time it incentivized you to go explore you could you know you could acquire things as you wanted to or you can make the dedicated effort to build your arsenal and really build yourself up. You could play with the mechanics as much as you wanted, and it was part of the world. It felt natural to me. With Tears of the Kingdom, it felt like more of the same, but without the thought put into it. It's, oh, people like collecting things. Let's have you collect more things that combine. Okay, what does that do with the world? Nothing, really. You just fly over it or drive over it. Yeah. Now, sure, creating a laser cage to, like, microwave a Lionel, that's got to be satisfying. I grant you that. But what does that say about Zelda? Where is the magic and mysticism and the exploration and the heroism? It's... Eh. <laughs> I'm laughing. I'm laughing, Ian, because Noni, our delightful, wonderful thumbnail artist, Noni, who does amazing work and has been doing amazing work since the start of this year, uh, one of their notes, they're, they're like their ideas for they, they listen to the show to come up with ideas for thumbnails and they just posted their note about this. They say, mm -hmm. Ian failing at engineering and getting salty about it. <laughs> <laughs> That's what happened. Zelda flavor, of course. <laughs> have to have fair the Zelda flavor. Fair enough. <laughs> I mean, that's what I'm told anyway. That's what that's what Aaliyah said, was that your machines just didn't work. <laughs> so you got they mad. Really didn't. Kyle, do you know how many hot air balloons I set up and ended up launching off into the stratosphere with me just standing by the side? Yeah, but it's funny. It's funny when that happens, to though. You, I spent 30 minutes building that damn balloon. Why'd you spend 30 minutes building it? You don't need to spend that long. Well, because the things don't click together the way I need it to. Right, I'm going to put you right here. Balloon, you stick right here. Okay, we've got you lined up. Now stick. Oh, we're off to the side. Now it all folds over to the left. <laughs> Screw you. I'm just going to walk. I think that's, that's okay. We found this. We found the actual problem you have with this game, I think. <laughs> uh, apparently, rewinding exists. <laughs> And also, you can save your successful builds as blueprints, right? And build them, yeah, auto-build them. But it costs resources to build them, so you have to go and farm the resources. I'm, you know, I don't really <laughs> want to do that. I want to go explore. I want to go fight the monsters. I want to go find that little hidden thing. I want to experience the story. Oh, wait, no, the story's bad. But I still want to try to find a way to experience the story. <laughs> I don't 
think the story's that bad. Yeah. <laughs> it's such a step down. Well, I mean, look, Breath of the Wild is like a once-in-a-lifetime game. There was no way they could live up to that twice. Yeah, they tried anyway, and now I'm kvetching about it. <laughs> yeah, well, Nintendo don't care. They got your money, so yeah. <laughs> who's laughing now? <laughs> <laughs> you spent $70 on their game. Jesus. Uh, regret purchase. <laughs> oh come on, it's not that bad. You've played worse. You've played worse games. I know you have. You've played every Sonic game. <laughs> it's not $70 though. No, it's if it were not. like if it were a prestige DLC package, yeah, I wouldn't be nearly as salty. No, but it's not. They pay, they charged full retail price for a DLC package. It's a very robust DLC package, but it's DLC. Nah. Legend of Zelda took your money. <laughs> I'm being told you you have to stream yourself playing Tears of the Kingdom now. You have oh, to I I already finished it. I'm But you don't want to play it anymore. I know this. <laughs> I will give it this, okay? Okay. I will say this. Its final boss was far superior. Honestly, I, yeah, it is. Just watching the two, I'm like, yeah, it definitely comes out on top in that regard. Now, personally, my own, I know folks are going to be questioning it now. Well, what do you, you have an opinion? What do you think of this? All-time favorite final dungeon all the way up to final confrontation Twilight Princess mm -hmm. from walking onto the rainy grounds of Hyrule Castle with Ganondorf seems slowly building as you go further along floor by floor with your confrontation with that uh, horned mini boss to the multi-stage Ganondorf fight where you use each of your skills with the ever escalating tension and stakes of each one, the fake out Midna death. Oh, all of that exquisite peak final dungeon Zelda for me and tears of the kingdom, arguably a close second mm -hmm. from, you know, the, the harrowing descent to the gauntlet beforehand to everything leading up to the final, final boss. Very good stuff. That, that felt like an extension of, what Breath of the Wild was and doing it better. That was good stuff. Mm -hmm. All right. We've spent way too much time on this. <laughs> it takes a long time to explain why I'm right. So anyway. Okay. <laughs> sure. We'll go with that. <laughs> this next question is from The Oddly Roger. I'm finding myself getting into and managing creative projects again, with some of them being long-term. How do you two maintain the passion to keep working on a project that demands constant attention and effort? And how do you avoid mental exhaustion, boredom, and burnout? Yeah, Kyle, how? I don't know. Tell me. I th I was hoping you had the answer. <laughs> For me, delega delegating. Yeah. That helps <laughs> in some ways. Something I'm still learning to do is finding times to step away. Mm -hmm. yeah you know if you don't have the passion for it if you don't have the drive for it and you can take a break take that break you know don't force yourself to 
go through unless there's a deadline. I mean, work's got to get done. But if you can allow yourself the mental rest, absolutely do it because eventually you reach a point where it stops being the passion project and starts being the job. And that's a real sour taste. Yeah. I don't know, man. If you figure out the answer to this, I'd like to know. Because <laughs> uh, I don't know. I just do it. Because I know I have to. Because if I don't, it's bad time. That's all I know. And we got this question here from Noni. How much money would Sonic make on OnlyFans? On an unrelated subject, what does Amy say to the bank so she can get a loan? For reasons. Now, do keep in mind that particular website is open to all sorts of entrepreneurs and creatives. Yes. To interact with their audiences. It doesn't have to be uh, any sort of material that's not uh, safe for work. So Sonic has guitar lessons. There you go. He teaches you tabs. And Amy wants to learn, but she's kind of embarrassed that she's always asking Sonic for help for stuff. But she still wants to learn from him, so she's go she's just going to do it incognito. Yes. Secretly. Yeah. Yeah. See? Pure, wholesome. Nothing. Nothing going on here. And we're going to quit while we're ahead. Thank you to everyone who supported this episode by going over to patreon.com slash bumblecast, ko-fi.com slash bumblecast, or being a YouTube member. Be good to yourselves. Be good to each other. And we will see you next time on the Bumblecast. Let's get out of here before this gets real bad, Kyle. <laughs> Actually, to close us out, we have a song request. Morlis wanted us to sing, wanted you to sing a song, Ian. So we're going to make you sing a song from Ruby. So we'll close out with that. Have fun. Bye. You keep dreaming about a better world. You keep wishing for some clarity. Always hoping that a lightning bolt is going to save you from this gravity. You're holding out for some romantic life. Maybe you'll wake up in a world of charm. Oh, but what's here can set you free You don't have to dream Your life's a masterpiece If you just believe Then all you see Is all you need Right now your hopes are shattered It's pointless ever after But in time you'll find Through love your power just shines When you don't know where to turn to When you're sure all hope is gone When the day you waited for won't come And dark won't yield the dawn Trust love And open up your eyes Trust love the way's uncertain, but we're together Moving toward the light When we trust in love And open up eyes If you could only open up the door Spread your wings and fly away from here Write yourself into a fairy tale All your problems would just disappear and so you're counting on a second sight To somehow rescue from the way of harm When what you need to do is see All you have to be Is here in reality Leave your fantasy You'll find the key to victory I know the dark's returning 
fires I hate are burning But the lies can't hide what's true When love's There's not a miracle that's gonna show you how The secret to your life is here and now Look inside, in your search and be alive It's time to rise, to realize To open up your eyes You don't know where to turn to when you're sure all hope is gone When the day you waited for won't come And dark won't yield the dawn Trust love And open up your eyes Trust love The truth is there But sometimes in disguise The uncertain but we're together Moving toward the light When we trust in love And open up our eyes I can't do a convincing Australian accent. No, that's okay. Australians can't either. <laughs> no. Authentic Australians sound delightful. I sound like Yu-Gi-Oh! bridged Joey Wheeler. <laughs> G'day, mates. Yeah. <laughs> Brooklyn rage, indeed. Brooklyn, <laughs> Australia. Oh man, no, Tristan sounds more Mongolian. Clearly, yeah, obviously, like straight up bullwinkle. <laughs> obviously. <laughs> oh. Well, stop trying to eat yourself. But Kyle are delicious. Um. Um. <laughs> um. <laughs> I don't know about that. What do you think, Chad? Really? Oh. I'm not even looking at Chad. I'm just kind of stirring up trouble. They think, and now they say that. You need to stop. You've been listening to the Bumblecast, a co-production of Bumble King Comics and the KNGI Network. Original theme music composed by Ken Coda Snyder. Remixed intro by T Lopes. Find out more information, along with podcast feeder links, MP3 downloads, and more at bumbleking.com and KNGI.org. For my second question ever on the Bumblecast. I don't know if that's true. That seems... I don't know about that. I've, I know I've said your name more than once. 
I asked about Sonic and Tango. Oh, okay. Sorry. Maybe read I the question before you pass judgment on these people, Kyle. Why would I do that? You, I mean, our condescending, domineering lawmaster. Our our listeners don't. Why should I? <laughs> Fair enough. 